0: Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Wednesday, May 17th, 2017. I am Alex Calafi, as you know, joined today by our friend from Canada, Mr. Donald J. Terrio. It's actually Donald A. Terrio.
1: Yeah, and uh, we have, uh, with what appears to be 98% of the precincts reporting, it appears the waifus will hold the Fire Emblem Heroes voting gauntlet.
0: <coughs> so the winners of the next vote for Fire Emblem Heroes has been more now, waifus. This is a,
1: well, this is, a, uh, this is a vote of characters that are already in the game, based on popularity. Um, male Robin, despite a Smash Brothers appearance, was not enough to tip the scales against the power of the stalker chick. Hmm. Tharja, who's
0: who's top fire
1: emblem Waifu? Not our
0: fire emblem waifu, but top fire emblem waifu. That's probably Tharja, right?
1: Um, it, it's hard to say, but I would think because based on the last one, I think uh, I think Camilla was the big was the one who walked away with like eighty eight percent of the votes so overall, but bad. against that's a bad. bunch of flyers. But I think Tharja would be the top would be top waifu.
0: If we're saying which which waifu has spread to the majority of the video game community, or the or the greatest share of the video game community, I think Tharja still holds the balls of the collective fire Emblem community by a, a an iron grip, one might say.
1: Yeah. She's, yeah. Uh, and, and it's kinda weird. I I, th- I thought she might have thrown this matchup against her, her lover, but well. It did. <laughs> The, the power of the fans was just too much.
0: Yeah. Well, we have a big topic today, Mr. Donald Terrio. We have the ARMS Nintendo Direct that was announced yesterday and revealed today. 20-ish, 20-plus minutes of ARMS, a few minutes of Splatoon 2. I say we just get right into it, as it was with the last Nintendo Direct. It was probably 60% character stuff. Would, would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, because they, they ended up showing off three new characters that had never been seen before, unless you saw the leaks that happened beforehand, and one that had been previously on Twitter only, basically, the Helix character. Right. And they they, they mm-hmm. went into background on that. They gave examples of what their trademark arms are and suggested some loadouts for that that you're probably going to see a lot of
0: yes helix is a dna type guy looks like a he looks like a very familiar thing but i'm trying to think of what he actually looks like
1: uh i guess i think the closest from what i saw was like glacius from killer instinct
0: that's fair he does look like him. That's that's the DNA fellow that we saw before. But I want to talk about the other guys. A live streamer, Kid Cobra, who uses a selfie stick to fight. That that's ridiculous and kind of I, cool.
1: I missed that part the first time. And It's like really. Although I did I did catch the part about the live streams thanks to Neil. So, yeah, that he, he's one of us, I guess. I
0: think it's kind of funny in the context of a Japanese video game. If if this was a Ubisoft published game, it would look a lot worse. But I think in the context of ARMS, it's just kind of silly. Although it's especially silly considering Nintendo's stance towards streamers and people that use videos of their content.
1: Yeah, a little bit bit on the nose if his his arcade mode ends with him uh, actually defeating Nintendo's copyright policies. (laughs) Sure. Twintel a
0: movie star who fires arms with her hair. She seemed like the most forgettable of the three, I'd um, be fair to say. You,
1: you obviously haven't been on Twitter very much since uh, since the direct ended, because um, uh, she is apparently now top waifu for arms.
0: Does arms have a big
1: waifu scene already? It does now.
0: Jeez. If if they do Smash of Arms, they, they lead with Spring Man as main character and make Ribbon Girl the alt, right?
1: I would think so, yeah. You can probably because the moose would probably just be different types of arms that they'd be using anyway.
0: TRBR is not very happy that I said most forgettable. <laughs> Zippo adds she's basically black bayonetta. Alright, alright, you got me there. <laughs> she,
1: she, I know what I'm beating. I, I believe she has what the kids like to call dead ass.
0: Down with the thickness, one might Mm -hmm. say. The least forgettable character, or should I say characters, we have our obligatory fighting game character that's actually two characters, that's actually one character, Bite and Bark, which is a police officer and his police dog. That is my main all the live long day Donald, and I don't care what you have to say about it.
1: Hey, I'm with you, man. Look down.
0: (laughs) What are you gonna? My general philosophy on fighting games is: What are you gonna do? Not play as the dog. <laughs> Whatever there's yeah. a dog, you gotta play as the dog.
1: Yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm having flashbacks to my brief dalliance with Persona 4 Arena Ultimax and playing as Ken, because he had the dog with him too, and it, it'll be nice to recreate that a bit. Mm. Let's see, there was
0: also a teased character that wasn't displayed, but kind of was displayed, who's presumably the master hand final boss slash one unlockable character in this game that we we don't know too much about yet, other than he's the champion of this new Grand Prix mode, which is funny considering it's quote-unquote part of the Mario Kart team, whatever that means working on this game. So instead of having a Splatoon-type single-player story mode. You have Grand Prix, which is 10 fights in a row. Then you have the championship boss fight. Very much a limited, obligatory arcade mode. Yeah. That kind of makes me marginally less excited for this game because they, they seem to be going less uh, ambitious in that department. But the more I think about it, the more it's got to be impossible to make a level-based sort of arms game because you don't have the freedom to move around. You know what yeah, I mean?
1: Cause you're fighting in these, you know, in, in an enclosed area. Some of them are pretty small, like the stadium one. Some of them are big, like the Japanese scene that, that they showed a bit during the trailer and that we that I actually had a chance to play at PAX East. And you, when you have that enclosed, when you have an enclosed space, there's only so much you can do with the level design.
0: Right. I agree. The other way they showed diversity is through new modes. There's sports theme modes, including basketball and volleyball. And there's a 10-fighter, single-player Grand Prix mode. Yep, we talked about that. We talked about Skill Shot. We, talked about, we didn't talk about the 1 versus 100 mode, which is where you're, where you're killing basically a bunch of mooks in a row. There's the Arm Getter minigame, where you obtain new arms because Nintendo likes to include these minigames that are very much up against uh, it's very close to gambling while explicitly not being gambling. It it seems like the way you unlock content in this game is it's not the characters themselves. The characters have, you have the characters and that's basically it. You might unlock that champion guy. That's probably it. And then the way you, you unlock stuff is you unlock all the weapons and it seems like there's a buttload of weapons for every single character.
1: Yeah. The, it's not going to be like Splatoon, where you have the one, you know, you have your boy or girl character, and then you're just going off the loadout. There's going to be a little bit of variation in there, but these these arms are basically going to be. There's a lot more options for loadouts, especially since you can do two different types of arms on the two ha- on the two hands, or in the case of our our waifu here, with her hair. Right.
0: As with Splatoon. This is this was probably my favorite part of the Direct. As with Splatoon, you're going to be getting those free content updates over time, which include new fighters, which I was surprised by, new arenas, and new weapons, which is, which is very nice to see. Hopefully it's at the same clip as Splatoon. I'm guessing we'll probably get two to three more characters. We're probably going to get two to three more arenas, and then maybe eight to ten weapons over the course of this game's life. But uh, that seems like like a relatively safe estimate. Well, I don't think they're going to go too too aggressive.
1: Well, they added what twelve different arenas and like and four different weapon types with Splatoon, So I think they they may change up how some of the they can easily change up some of the how the arms operate. Yeah, because they show they show different elements. I mean, it's it's who's to say they don't? Inter- I don't know if they can do an eighth element or whatever. I'm very
0: interested to see whether this is the model Nintendo goes with going forward. Because it's Nintendo obviously didn't invent this kind of format. This has been, like, Valve has been doing this kind of thing. Other place, other shooters have been doing this thing for a long time. But the, but the format of Ubisoft, you, you got that right. Starting with a relatively limited base game, and then expanding it exponentially over time with free content updates to keep people playing... Up until they release the sequel, that's yeah, it. Seems like a decent format for these two games. I just hope they don't necessarily do this for all their series, and, and they, they, they keep it only these two.
1: Yeah, and it does go. It does so, sort of support Nintendo's idea of let's never drop the price on our games. And in this case, sure, you probably pay you know fifty bucks at launch with Gamers Club or Prime, but you're getting you have what's on there to start with, which is pretty extensive, admittedly, and then you start getting and then you have you know that there's going to be more of it added over time. It's a good way of keeping the game out of the out of the U shells as well. So I can see why Nintendo would be really up for this, especially with a new a new franchise for them.
0: I agree with you. I don't like that we're left with a Mario Kart style Grand Prix mode. I'm def- If there was one thing I was left very unhappy with, the single-player content seems very insubstantial. Whatever you can justifiably say about the content in Splatoon, whatever I have justifiably said about the content of Splatoon before I actually picked it up, of course, it had a, it had a very nice single-player component. And I'm not convinced that ARMS quite has that yet. Now, it's a multiplayer game, so do you need single-player? I really like having single-player in a game, no it- matter what the game is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like like significant amounts of single player go a long way with especially since I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to be able to play with with other people. But the main reason I I I don't have our, I never I didn't have arms pre-ordered as of yet and I'm probably not going to make that call until after the end of after the first weekend in June.
0: Okay. That that's reasonable. One thing I was telling you just before the show sort of, just, just before I told you just before we started up the show I was telling you that I don't think there were many people who weren't sold on ARMS before that became sold on ARMS because of this Direct. They showed it off better than they did in the last few Directs but they didn't necessarily show ARMS from a different perspective. They didn't expand the viewpoint on ARMS. I think the game they've shown off was a relatively safe expectation for what this game was going to be all along. I think if, if you asked any of us, either of us, to guess what ARMS was going to look like as a complete package, we probably would have guessed something along these lines, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Although, y- y- if I was going to guess how many people would be in an online lobby at once, I, wa- I would have probably said 8, not 20, like they announced.
0: And the Switch audience has been all in lately. E- if you want a game on Switch. You either absolutely want a game on Switch, or you don't want that game anywhere near your Switch. I haven't seen many people with moderate opinions on the Switch, uh, or Switchy games. Everyone just wants as many games as possible on their Switch, and I don't think ARMS is going to be an exception for those people. But if people didn't care about ARMS before, I don't think this Direct did anything to change anyone's mind.
1: But the, the other thing that they pulled off of Splatoon, which is going to go a long way toward determining, for example, if I pick up the game is the global test punch.
0: Right. That is the other super exciting thing. Starting next Friday, it'll be the weekends of May 27th and June 3rd with Friday night events, North American time. And okay, here's, here's what these times look like. May 26th, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, that is 8 Eastern. May 27th, you got 8 Eastern, or excuse me, 8 Eastern in the morning, 8 Eastern at night, and 2 p.m. Eastern. May 28th, you have 5 Pacific and 11 Pacific, both in the morning. June 2nd, you have 5 p.m. Pacific. June 3rd, 5 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Pacific, June 4th, 5 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Pacific, and they're going more aggressive with this. Than Splatoon two, which is probably necessary because this is an unproven franchise, and I, I think it's a good idea. I'm looking forward to playing some arms with my
1: boys. Yeah, and we'll because and I know we have at least one uh, one thing with our with the patrons that luckily for us. Happens to start at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday night, so we'll be able to go right into the into the test punch and and beat the stuffing out of each beat the stuffing out of other staff members and the patrons.
0: If you don't know what Donald's talking about, go to patreon.com/nwr. We do game nights on Fridays, uh, some Fridays, not every Friday, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's usually at least once a month.
0: It's usually at least once a month. Once a month, Arms is going to make. A great little Friday Patreon time. Who knows? Maybe you'll see us there. Okay. That covers almost everything for ARMS. I had it pre-ordered, and I had it pre-ordered as part of a Best Buy deal that gets me ARMS for $35 and also makes it very hard to cancel because it was it was part of some package deal, and if I cancel one game, i got to pay $60 for the other two. So I, I'm kind of stuck with ARMS for $35. I don't regret it yet. I don't necessarily think ARMS seems like it has a ton of content in it, but I'm not necessarily worried about the game. It seems seems like Nintendo cares about their new franchise. It seems like this is their Pikmin of this generation, and their Splatoon, and their new little console franchise. I'm not worried about ARMS. I don't think it's going to suck. I'm just not the most excited about ARMS in the whole world because the single player component doesn't necessarily seem like it's all there. And I've never necessarily been much of a multiplayer guy, much like yourself, my friend.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, this may be one of those games that I end up picking up on either with like birthday money or if I happen to catch it, if there happens to be a deal for it at some point down the line, just because it ends up being one of those things that, that I play regularly on the, with, with friends. But if I'm just looking at it as the single-player mode, then I'm probably not jumping in full price for this game. Yeah. It, it seems like a good birthday money game. The other game they talked about,
0: Splatoon 2, they showed a new trailer for Splatoon 2. And, and this trailer does my, thing, my favorite thing that all great trailers do, where instead of starting with the cinematic thing, they just basically threw you right into gameplay, right into player control. When Sony showed off Horizon Zero Dawn for the, same thing, for the first time, they did the exact same thing, and I thought that was very effective. And I thought it was effective when Splatoon did it here. They were showing off Marie and in a goofy little cameo. She's helping the player character. We'll have new weapons set in for, sent in for testing by Sheldon. The single-player mode is going to be known as Hero Mode. Octolings are back. They don't appear to be playable like that glitched version of the first Splatoon game. That came about, and we thought it was DLC, but then it turned out it wasn't DLC. And then it seems like it's another Splatoon single player. I'm down for another yeah, Mario it, Galaxy style platformer shooter.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like it'll be an expanded one, especially since they actually have a bit more story to it, because some people have spotted what appears to be uh, best girl Callie turning evil, which, well, thank you That's very much. Thank you very much to the people who voted against her in the last Splatfest of the, of the first <laughs> of June. Um
0: Do you think that determined how this played out in the game?
1: I honestly think it did.
0: That that's neat. I hope so.
1: I hope so. Yeah, they. It looks like because, I mean, that could easily have just been a couple of levels, but there did seem to be quite a bit of environmental variety that they showed in that trailer, just enough to get get you excited for it, but not enough to, you know, go full Mario 3D world and spoil everything inside. All right.
0: Suave points out arms had more content than street fighter five did at launch. You are correct. And I will not be the first person to defend how much of a train wreck street fighter five started out as, and arguably may continue to be in the present street fighter <laughs> five did not necessarily turn out to be a game that lit up our world. And it tried to do the thing Mortal Kombat did where it tried to introduce a cinematic story mode only they completely failed at every single turn to make it an effective story mode. Meanwhile, you've got Injustice 2 coming out and it's got very high reviews specifically because of its story mode. So, Street Fighter 2, not a game you need to look to. Mortal Kombat 9 is, is that's a game with the single player content I hope for out of a competitive fighting game.
1: Yeah. yeah, and, well, we have previews up this week for Ultra Street Fighter 2, which is a little bit more content than 5 did at launch, but that's damning <laughs> fame praise.
0: As well as ARMS. You can see what Carmine had to say about ARMS on the site NintendoWorldReport.com. Yeah. Yeah. Getting by? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he had extensive time with, with ARMS just before that direct, so we got a lot. we've got a lot to unpack in that in that article.
0: Jesse Estrada, not sure I want Splatoon 2 yet. I want to see how the single player goes first. played it in, in with you. Maybe played it on Wii U and not sure yet. Or maybe he was talking about the test fire and he's not sure yet. Either way, that's very valid. Splatoon 2 seems like more of the same than Splatoon. As in, either very much worth excitement or not too much worth excitement. How high is Alexander over here? Asked John Abraham. Jesse Estrada contends I think he's tired. Maybe you're both right. Maybe I am mm-hmm. slightly tired. I'm not actually high at all. I am a little sleepy, but anything for the audience of Nintendo News Report. <laughs> TRBR. Yeah. High AFM, High AF.
1: Yeah. The, um, the the thing that got me was what they didn't show in the North American version of this trailer, where they went out and announced Splatoon two accessories, including a console bundle, which I know that uh, my roommate is waiting for before he invests in a Switch. Yeah. So
0: they're all they're watermelon colored too.
1: Yep, pink and pink and green. Mm. And and if you're wondering uh, how splatoon 2 is doing there it is already the number one pre-ordered game in Japan right now ahead of even Dragon Quest 11 which that that kind of says something so uh, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of switches headed Japan's way on uh, July 21st just because they have to they have a bundle with the game with splatoon 2 and a switch and that is going to print money
0: Hopefully, they make enough of them because I haven't seen a single Switch in stores since the Switch came out, including when the Switch came out. I didn't even see any on launch day. I got mine on the mail, and then I've never seen a Switch in store, which means mm-hmm. I hope they start putting them out.
1: They they see... I mean, they're like like they said a few weeks ago, they're, like, they're air shipping them to the US to make sure that there's supply. I think a lot of it got taken out of the room when Mario Kart 8 Deluxe launched and now they're probably holding off until arms i think to do a fuller restock than what we'd expect although we are seeing we are seeing them trickle back in through like they come up every couple days on like amazon and they sell out in an hour yeah there's actually demand for this thing and there's some talk that one of the like the, the supplier of the glass for the screen is having some rough times right now, so that may be why they maybe can't ramp up production as much as they'd like to.
0: It seems like this is going to be one of the good generations for Nintendo.
1: <laughs> yeah, if they if they can keep this this hype train rolling and actually get supply and stock for the holidays, look out.
0: Yeah. People might, might actually get some Switches, people might be back into Nintendo, I mean, we were always into Nintendo, but Nintendo might be back into the regular, regular mainstream, and that'd be pretty exciting, because they got some good games on that Nintendo Switch. But that's Splatoon 2, the trailer seemed alright, story mode seems like it's gonna be alright, Splatoon 2 seems like it's more Splatoon, which I am all for on day one.
1: Yeah. and there's and there's more and there's even more single player content it's presumably the uh, the horde mode that they showed last month that should be doable single player as well even if you have to put up with some uh, incompetent AI, you know it's probably better than I am.
0: Sure. Nintendo AI is typically at least modestly competent no eh, That's not true. Mario sports games have been questionable. How much,
1: how, much BS, how much BS do you want to throw at them in, say, Mario Kart 8?
0: That's an extremely valid thing to say, Donald. One wonders whether Splatoon 2 is going to feature rubber-banding technologies. One wonders whether ARMS will have rubber-banding technologies. I, I'm maybe pretty maybe sure
1: ARMS will.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be something. There's going to be something. Okay. I think that covers the n- ARMS Nintendo Direct. We have yeah, one that, more... St- yeah, we, we have one what, more story. What, ex- yes, yes, Donald, yes.
1: Yeah, let's... Uh, let, we, we need to unpack something here.
0: Sonic Forces will feature a character creator, which means for the first time, Sonichu will become a canonical Nintendo platform, Sega published character, which I'm that, very excited about.
1: <laughs> the I mean the the fact that they essentially showed off Bubsy with the trailer <laughs> for that game last month, and it turns out that's just this character creator. I am really scared as to what the internet is going to do with this given what they've done to, well, basically the Sonic franchise since about 1997 or so. Do you think they're basically, going to... When, when, when did DeviantArt open, basically?
0: <laughs> well, that, that, that begs my next question for you, Donald. Do you think they're going to add a character editor for your romantic interest?
1: I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that um, at some point you you'll be able to make a female character who could theoretically go all the way with Sonic.
0: Or do, do you think it's going to be was. a human no matter what? Where where there's two different character creators, the character creator for you is exclusively these seven different animals, and then the character creator for your romantic interest is just a human character creator like like in a Bethesda game.
1: No, they they've only they've only admitted to breaking the glass on making a furry. So, uh, yeah, we're going where, we're going with werewolves again for some reason because, you know, Sonic Unleashed wasn't a tire fire. Mm. We really need to go down that road again, but I I'm just, you know, we are, we have reached the point in gaming where all of the systems have ways of instantly sharing a screenshot on the internet. I'm really going to be dreading Twitter for about two weeks after that game comes out. I
0: think you mean really excited for Twitter. Because this... Sonic Forces seems like it's gonna be the thing that Twitter deserves. Not the thing Twitter needs right now, but the thing Twitter deserves. And I I enjoy a nice tire fire as much as the next guy. Although there's also the chance that this doesn't pull a Dragon Ball Xenoverse and becomes kind of a, a surprise hit. But instead, no one cares about it because it's a Sonic the Hedgehog game and the same DeviantArt community buys this Sonic game in the same way that they bought every other Sonic game. And then it's just going to be moving forward. I I have a good feeling about this game. I have a feeling this is going to do good things for the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. And also, it will do to Sonic the Hedgehog much what Dragon Ball Xenoverse did to Dragon Ball Z. Mm,
1: I'm... I'm just glad that it will teach me who I need to mute on Twitter until after that, until whatever many this game causes ends up are, passing. Are you telling me you're not
0: already at the point where you've muted 70% of the people you're following on Twitter just so they don't notice that you're not following them, so you just keep them followed and then just keep the mute on? Because I think I follow maybe 35 people of my 200. And, and Donald, the reason why I'm telling you is that you're on that list? Trbr. Also, you're on the good list. Both of you are on the good list. So,
1: yeah, um, I I keep I, I I do when I follow. I don't tend to mute permanently, but I may begin.
0: Yeah, yeah. Suave did want us to talk about NPD, which we almost forgot to talk about.
1: It's was there anything other than switch sales? um we don't have like we don't have the full charts that we get those actually come in on thursdays the third thursday of the month now but uh yeah switch in its second month sold about two hundred eighty eight thousand, and that is considering you as you said you couldn't find you haven't been able to find a switch in stores for lover money since it launched Mm -hmm. that's a pretty good number all things considered and yeah, the and the big ba- the big game that was going to drive Switch sales, Mario Kart, it definitely did that because it's over half a million now if you count digital. But um, I'm really curious when we get that report tomorrow, what the like how how Zelda is faring, if the Wii U version has any legs at all, and if Skylander is still getting outsold by Binding of Isaac.
0: hmm That that's that's all good stuff. Going back to Sonic for a second. Seven animals, cat, dog, rabbit, hedgehog, bird, wolf, bear. I know we've seen cats. I'm pretty sure we've seen rabbits or something like rabbits. Or we've seen, we, we've, the rabbits weren't much of a surprise. We know hedgehog, we know bird. We kind of know wolf. But bear and dog seem like they're completely new. And the reason why I say that is because dog looks really weird and like he doesn't belong in a Sonic the Hedgehog game.
1: Well, this whole, like, Sonic Forces is like, they've got... I mean, it's the classic versus modern Sonic again, as they did with Generations a few years back.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's already looking pretty awkward, but then you throw in, you know, dogs or or bears, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they've been in the games before, but they've just been the things that you hit the button at the end of the levels in Sonic 2 to free all the animals. Okay. And I think, so, and I think, one of my son—I think—a Sonic Forces character is actually going nuts outside my door for some reason.
0: <laughs> Fair point. You got a bird in there, or, or a cat? That's a cat. Okay. What's his name?
1: Uh, Raikou.
0: Raikou. That's cute. Speaking of things that aren't going to be successful, Project Ra- Rap Rabbit. Working title. Creators of Rap of the Rapper. Guitaru Man. Elite Beat Agents, well, more like U and but also the game that was the Japanese Elite Beat Agents, basically. Or Elite Beat Agents was the English U and Either way, they're making a game called Project Rap Rabbit, or they're trying to. It's on Kickstarter, asking for a million-ish dollars, a little bit more. They've raised one hundred thirty thousand in three days, which is very bad. It's actually like very, very bad that the game's only raised that much in time. It looks pretty good. It seems like they're trying to revolutionize the genre slightly, which is very nice. And because so many people asked for a Switch version, the Switch version was originally a few million dollars, and I believe they dropped it to about a million and a half.
1: Yeah, originally it was just shy of... You You were getting into bloodstained territory originally for this thing to come to Switch. They fixed the tiers now so that 1.5 million... Gets the switch version, but before we even start having that conversation, like you said, a hundred—it's what you said, one hundred thirty thousand now. After of
0: one million one hundred five dollars, eight hundred seventy-two dollars.
1: Yeah, that's like I think it's like from converting from eight hundred and fifty-five thousand pounds from for you for our UK viewers. Um, the only Kickstarter I can think of of any importance that actually was funded at that pace was Amplitude, and that's because they went crazy the last few days with both promotion and, and marketing for it. I don't think a franchise with that with, from Japan like that is going to be able to do the same thing, so I don't think we, worry, we need to worry about a Switch version. I think we need to worry about whether this game is going to happen in the first place.
0: I'm leaning towards no right now. And, and that's really unfortunate because it seems like they really care about the game. Jesse Estrada is making the point. The dog reminds me of those Toontown characters. Oh, that was who was talking about Sonic. <laughs> fair point. But Jesse Estrada also said that rap game is crazy. No one's giving him one million dollars, and he also says Switch version was at four million. Yeah, right. Good points. You're you're the consumer. You you get to make those calls. It's good on you for saying yo, I don't want to buy this at this amount of money. Fair, 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 fair. On the other hand. I would rather a Kickstarter give an accurate amount of money for what they would actually require than to give to, than to ask for too little, like basically every other Kickstarter ever does.
1: Yeah. Even like Cosmics are Heroin. Yeah. And yeah then, like, Cosmics or Heroin, they, they admittedly, they sort of cut themselves off when they hit their goal because they figured it would take about two years to develop. And I've seen some interviews with the developer of that game where he's saying he's had to take out multiple loans just to get by until that game came out. And now we're and now everyone, you know, we're we're pressuring Nintendo to get him a dev kit so he can do a switch version. It's like can we can we let the guy breathe a little bit before we do that? Yeah. Yeah. They were
0: also saying I looked at the frequently asked questions about this a couple of days ago, just from just when it first launched. And they said that the reason why it's so high is because there's not much of an audience for Parappa the Rapper-style games, believe it or not, in 2017. And normally, for investors like this, they they look at the... Obviously, a million is not the only thing the game needs to come out. They have PQ handling the publishing side, and also they, they are looking at investments from multiple sources. But, because there's not much of a market for this game, they need to raise a much more significant percentage of the money they need than another game like Shenmue 3 might have had to, or another game that was also a Kickstarter might have had to in order to get this level of investment. And I think they were looking to do this as a means of proving like, hey, people want this game, and we'll see.
1: Like Ukulele, for instance, that was a game that was targeted squarely at the people who liked those late 90s collectathon platformers. Turns out there were way more of them than anybody realized because that game made multiple millions of dollars. Same thing with Bloodstain. You know, you have Igarashi, the guy who made all those exploration based platformers in the mid 2000s, making one of those games. There was a market there and it paid off huge. Parappa the Rapper. Gitaru man, elite beat agents, unfortunately, not so much. Yeah,
0: there's there's not much of an audience, it seems like. I I hate to say this, but do you judge a game's quality just a little bit when you find out it's it's going on Kickstarter?
1: I'm I I want I've seen too many Kickstarters go up in absolute flames. Uh, if you want, I can bust out a chorus of where in the world is K G and Afuna right now. Yeah, that I'm. I want. I will. If a game's on Kickstarter, I wish it the best of luck now. But I want to see it come out before I buy into it.
0: What are the actual confirmed by basically any measure successes on Kickstarter right now? It's just FTL and Shovel Knight, right? Maybe FTL one or two more.
1: Shovel Knight, I guess Half Genie Hero, although that took like three and a half years to come out anyway.
0: And it was a lesser Shantae game, apparently.
1: Yeah, not not as not up to the I think I think it was like second or third best, which admittedly the Shantae series is quite beloved, so that would mm-hmm. make sense. Uh other than that, there there's more caution signs like Project Phoenix and
0: mighty number nine ukulele to a much lesser extent
1: yeah i mean ukulele was beloved by the people who love those kind of games but for the rest of the for the rest of the people that were mildly interested in it it turned out to be one of those games for better or worse and mighty number nine was just an absolute train wreck and we still don't know where the where some of the backer rewards are, nor are the 3DS or Vita versions.
0: Swamp551, the guy who made Mega Man made a company lose $3.8 million because it cancelled the 3DS Penguin Pirate game. You're talking about KG Inafune, he is not the creator of Mega Man. He is the person that Capcom says is the creator of Mega Man, despite the fact that Inafune is much more of a businessman, and I'm pretty sure he just had a role in the character design and the visual elements of Mega Man in the original game, and that the actual creator of Mega Man is a, is a guy who does not get nearly enough credit, and it shames me to say that because I myself do not remember what his name is.
1: Yeah, that that go, goes a long way to show how, for better, for true or false, how inextricably linked Keiji and Inafune is with Mega Man.
0: Yeah, and they keep not calling him bad. the creator of Mega Man 2, and he's not, he's like not even close. I, I remember when Hideki Kamiya,
1: on the, Twitter, the famous tweet.
0: he famously said that he's—he's. He's, I think he said he's a businessman, not a game designer. But then I saw some YouTube video which was which was analyzing this whole Mighty Number no. Nine situation, and they looked at that tweet and they're like, "No, no, no! Kamiya was not actually insulting Inafune when he said that. He said that from a very honest position at someone who was very much been a business-centric person from the beginning."
1: Yeah, and Kamiya might have a bit of a beef within Inafune just because in stayed at Capcom when when Clover Studio was shut down, yeah, which was where all the pla- which is what became Platinum. Yeah, Swap
0: Five Five One. Oh, sorry, it's thought he was because of the G4 TV documentary they used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It's no worries. This is there's a lot of misinformation about this, and there's a lot of good information on uh on on the youtube and the internet about this stuff i think it's stop skeletons from fighting that that did this history thing on inifune that's been very 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 fascinating i recommend it. it's called stop skeletons from fighting this is the channel i believe what else do we got i i think that covers it mostly for project rap rabbit now you have
1: there's some, some minor game announcements for the Switch as, as the platform is becoming more successful. We're starting to see things come over that maybe you wouldn't expect. Like, we're gonna, like there's a Harvest Moon game coming to Switch and PS4 and Steam this year, or we believe to be this year anyway. It, could, it might end up slipping a little bit, but that is... There'll be a Harvest uh, throwback-style Harvest Moon game. I just hope it gets out before Stardew Valley does. trbr sent a very
0: good tweet to me (laughs) which is it's uh, you ever see that thing where someone tries to describe a comic strip and it just does not does not come across i'm gonna retweet it this is not me looking for followers or anything stupid but if you want to go to at cartridge games if you want to see his tweet or follow me or go to my page not follow me at kulafia (laughs) C U L A F I A T R B R sent a very a very nice tweet. Um, it's just just trust me on this. It's about the arms discussion earlier. That's all I have to say. And uh, though that switch stuff's cool, Harvest Moon, aka not story of Seasons Harvest Moon, aka kind of fake Harvest Moon, but also the the official Harvest Moon, which is, is, is very curious. Anything else over Matt and Toho and, and all uh, that stuff.
1: Toho coming, and they actually, and unlike in previous years where the Switch version or the Nintendo console version would just come out later, uh, they actually delayed the release of the PS4 and Vita versions for that, so that game could come out on Switch day and date. Uh, We're getting another Mighty Gunvolt game from Indie Creates, and along with one other game that's going to be announced this weekend at the Bit Summit Festival in Japan. And LEGO Marvel Super Heroes will be coming to Switch This holiday, although we don't have a date for it, whereas we have a date for every other version.
0: Mm. Ubisoft did confirm in announcing their E3 plans this week that they do have one unannounced Switch game. Wonder what it could be, but they do have one
1: unannounced Switch game.
0: Yeah. (laughs) 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 rabbits. (laughs) Yeah. You you get my drift, Donald. You're I'm picking up what you're yeah. putting down, you're picking up what I'm putting down.
1: Yeah, so the, the worst kept secret in gaming, I think the only like I don't think you can get points for predicting that game comes it gets announced at E3. I think you have to predict which conference announces it, Nintendo's or Ubisoft's.
0: Fair point, Donald. Fair point. I do believe it's. Was there anything else from NIS we didn't talk about? Someone in the chat saying NIS Suave specifically. Uh,
1: they they also have a demo out now for Disgaea Five. I am actually playing that game for our North American review. Although we do have a review based on the Japanese version from Don on the site. Uh, that will hopefully be up on on or before the end of the week. So I'm, I'm gonna. I just I need to get a little a little further in the game before I can confidently. Speak to the review.
0: Fire Emblem comes out on Friday. We'll talk yeah. about that next week. It seems like it's a really good Fire Emblem game. Some people say it's weaker. Some people say it's the best one yet. A lot of people agree that it's very classical in Fire Emblem nature.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and I, I managed to snag a code for another game that we'll, I guess, we can talk about next week because um, I am going to be very sick of turn-based strategy games by the end of this month. Let's put it that way.
0: It's, it's one of the Atlas ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know if that's embargoed. So who knows which Atlas one, because they're, they're putting out a new JRPG every single week. I think that's about what we have for this show. I do have one last little thing for us. One, I want to say that last week's Nintendo News Report, which we talked about E3, that's available now on iTunes. That We, we talked about that last week. That's on iTunes now. I put it up today. This one's going to go up on iTunes in the next few days. Nintendo News Report on iTunes. Every episode, I ask people at the end of the episode to rate and review us on iTunes, and when we get a new review, no matter what it is, I will read it on the show and respond to it honestly without being passive-aggressive or active-aggressive or nice or mean or anything. Just going to read what you said, and you're going to see what I have to say about it. Because I appreciate you giving feedback, and I want you to know that I take all of your feedback seriously, and I take it to heart, and it matters. I don't just not pay attention to it. So, we have one new review. ADV2K169 on May 12th, which was five days ago. He says, in a three-star review, subject line, Alex's iron grip is too much. Which is, which is what all the ladies say. I, I enjoy the topics and audio quality, but the host Alex is just too overpowering. Also, what all the ladies say. Sometimes it feels like he won't allow other people to speak. I feel bad for Zach. Alex's iron grip is too much. Also, they should record timestamp slash date stamp on podcasts so I know when it's being recorded. Since it's news focused, this is critical to, to know. Also, do more for audio only listeners because it's very confusing to listen to. Good but can be better. Very nice review. It's just Despite my little, my little jokey jokes at the beginning. Very nice review. I want to say, one thing I told Donald and Zach that we should all do better, that, that we all need to do better on, is that we don't say things. Like when we show stuff on camera, we don't say what it is, which makes it very confusing for our audio listeners. And I'm pretty sure more people listen on iTunes now... Than do on YouTube. I don't have proof. But I just have a feeling. And, and I, I think we did talk about that. Yeah. The other thing. Timestamp, date stamp on podcast. So I know when it's being recorded. Since it's news focused. This is critical to know. One thing I do already. Is that I will always say. What date this is being recorded on. At the very start of the show. It's, it's always at the night time. It's always at 10pm and it's always on the date I say it. Now, what I should be doing is I should be uploading it the exact same night, and that's something I can do better, and I acknowledge that. And I, I should be better with the audio and the video, but it's very challenging to do so, and I will try to be better in the process. Now, there's this big meaty part. I enjoy the topics in audio quality, but the host Alex is just too overpowering. Sometimes it feels like he won't allow other people to speak. I feel bad for Zach. Alex's iron grip is too much. Donald, I'm going to straight up ask you this, and, and feel free. I mean, you'll, you'll be honest with me. I kind of agree with him a little bit, but not in the same way he sees it. What do you think of what he's saying right there?
1: Um, I think that sometimes it can be a little, a little bit much, but you also tend to have a bit more to talk about most weeks than than I do or, or Zach does. I mean i I can jump in with like fact checking basically on the fly if I need to, or with when when there's a new story worth talking about, but you've got a lot you've got a lot more exposure to stuff outside the realm that it brings value to the show that way. All right.
0: You're right. It can be a bit much, and I've been thinking about that, which is why even though I, I've been talking over you a tiny bit tonight, which I do apologize for, I have been. I, I read this last night, and I've been trying to take it a little bit more to heart this episode because I want to see what you have to say. I want to see what Zach has to say. If we ever fill that fourth chair, I want to see what these people have to say. So that, that's a very valid thing. I think what happens is the other review that said this, they made it seem like it's a, it's a full-of-myself kind of myself thing which I don't think is explicitly the case. And, and if that's what this guy thinks, I don't think that's quite the case either. What I think happens is I'm really scared of dead air. I don't like dead air because I get this thing when I watch the view counter on YouTube that when it goes down, it's because we had silence. It's because we didn't have engaging content. And I don't want to do that thing that I used to do on podcasts. And that what, what people do for podcasters when they're new, which is... What do you think of this? 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 Engaging people who won't normally talk. You and Zach have opinions. But sometimes I I do feel like I have stuff to talk about. And I generally have an idea of what your realm is. I generally have an idea of what Zach's realm is. But there are some topics that I don't think you guys have much to say about. So you'll just hear me rant on and on because I don't want to do that thing where I go... And that's what I have to talk about, and you guys are like, hmm, and then we just move on. Do you get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, like if if like if if you're going off about Grand Theft Auto, or and I, I don't really play those games, so I've really got nothing to say about it.
0: Right, and and if you ask Zach, he's just gonna be like, I don't like Grand Theft Auto. Which I I would say that the exact same way if Zach was here. I'm not I'm not throwing snap snap uh smack. We love you, Zach. And, and granted, could there be a little bit of a narcissistic edge to it? Who knows? I don't mean to. I, I don't. I try not to be full of myself.
1: You, you want? I mean, you need to have a little. You need to have confidence in your convictions. You need to be a little bit narcissistic. It's just not. You don't need to. You try not to dominate the show, basically.
0: Yeah. So, despite everything, I was joking about at the beginning. Adv two K one six nine. I take your suggestions to heart. I thank you for your suggestions. And of course, I will try to do better in the future. Update your review in the future. Let me know how, it, how it's been, how it's been going. Talk to me, engage with me, engage with us. We have this chat we do whenever we do the show live, although we do it on sometimes slightly short notice, so. We also have Twitter accounts. You can find Donald at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. You can find Zach. Zach's on Twitter, and he's he's on our show most weeks. Z-M-I-L-L-E-R 1902. At Zmiller1902. I'm at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. That is Kulafia. C-U-L-A-F-I-A. Always open. Tell us whatever you like about the show. Review us on iTunes. We will talk about it on the show. Get in the chat if you have something interesting to say. I'll probably say one of your comments on the air. That's how this show usually goes. That's our show, patreon.com/slash NWR. Have a good night.
1: Bye-bye.